Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Are you ready to win at the game of life? Well, throw out that rule book and get down to the business of being the best and most authentic version of you. Welcome to the Human Design Podcast. We're changing the rules around success, abundance, purpose, love, and life, where we're creating a planet where everyone can thrive in a world that loves and supports each other. I'm your host, Emma Dunwoody, a qualified master coach, human design expert, podcaster, and entrepreneur that is living the life of my dreams, breaking all the rules while doing it, making a huge impact, and living my design and manifesting miracles on the daily. Join me as I break down and simplify everything you need to live in alignment with your human design, teach you how to recondition your unconscious mind for greatness, and to take back your power so you can manifest your heaven on earth and serve the rest of the planet at the same time. It's time to give up the fear and step into your highest potential, to reach for the stars, to know and live your greatness. It's what you deserve and it's what the planet really needs from you. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to bring back the popular Ask Me Anything. So I have the amazing Taylor Jison here with me. Welcome. Hello, everyone from Mexico. We are, yes, indeed, we are recording from Mexico and we are doing it the night before we start retreat here, which is so freaking exciting. I think I'm about to burst. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's yeah. going to be so good. Yeah, it's just going to be amazing. So if you um, stay tuned on Instagram, you're going to see all about it. And if you want to join me on retreat, we are running one in October in Byron. So do not miss out. They are absolutely transformational. But today we're going to uh, run through a bunch of human design questions and, um, yeah, hopefully help solve a bunch of... A lot of questions. Awesome. You guys submitted so many questions. And if you want to submit questions for these kinds of things, just get on our mailing list. Just go to emmadunwoody.com and there's like five ways to do that. So you can't miss it. Amazing. Brilliant. So uh, let's do it. So the first question I'm going to kick off with, because I think you'll get to talk a little bit about what human design is. If someone's super new, somebody asked, how do I convince my science friend 
that human design is legitimate when it's based on your time of birth? Well, this is really, I love this question. And it's really fascinating because I'm, I've been interviewed on a lot of podcasts recently and some of them where they are like fact checking me and science checking me as I'm being interviewed. So the thing is, is that there is a, um, a preconceived idea, which I had for many years. Let me be very clear about that, that because we're taking the time of birth, that it's woo woo, that it's not scientific. However, the reason we take the time of birth is because this is a reading that is taken when we have these little subatomic particles called neutrinos pass through our body. And those neutrinos influence us at the time of birth and they leave this influencing energy behind and that's what creates our human design or our astrology or those sort of things. Now, if people go, well, you're just making that neutrino stuff up, you can actually go Google it. As I've said, I've had human, uh, sorry, I've had podcast hosts, podcast hosts Googling this in the background and they're like, wow, this is like real science. Like they're spending millions, if not billions on a facility in Japan studying these neutrinos because they're, um, they're absolute game changers. It's going to be something that's a household name. So. That's why it is not at all woo-woo. It's actually a scientific reading that is taken at the time of our birth that actually tells us how we are being physically influenced by the planets and then how that energy of the planets um, and, of course, our, you know, like the 64 gates as well, the the gates are actually the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching. The Chinese I Ching has also been mapped back to the human um, genetic codon. Um, so, and this is, again, this has been done a bazillion times. We also have a correlation between the Kabbalah, um, and quantum physics as well. So even though these things have often been, you know, mystical wisdom and those sort of things, we now see today, and it's only going to get more, um, there's only going to be more and more research, more and more science to support it, but it's 100% scientific. Good answer. Thank you. Um, next question. This one is simple from Julia. She wants to know what if a channel is only half colored in? What does that mean? Oh, I love this. So we know that we are, you know, the first cab off the rank for many of you that are just starting your human design journey. I get that there's a lot of you out there that have been around here for a long time. But, you know, I want to make sure that we do cover off questions like this because what I really believe is when we understand that in a simple way, the parts of our chart, then we're going to keep experimenting with it. But if we get overwhelmed by the little things, thinking that our question might be silly, too simple, too new, whatever it might be, then we don't actually learn. We don't dive in. We we hold ourselves back. So this is a freaking great question. So if you are there, you're looking at your chart right now and you see these funny shapes, some of them have colours, some of them are white, and within those shapes there are a bunch of numbers. Now those numbers are what we call gates and those gates, if you see what it's coloured in, depending on what um, software package you use, you're going to notice that they're, they're two different colours, okay? Now, the colour that is on the right-hand side of your chart, that is personality, that's conscious. On the left-hand side of your chart, that is design, that is what the knowledge calls unconscious. Um, now, if you have that number inside a shape and it's got one sort of half what we call channel sticking out of it, that's what we call a hanging gate. It just means that you have that gate activated, but you don't have the gate at the other end of the channel because it's just hanging. It's hanging there on its own, waiting for something else to plug it in. 
So that is what the thing, the half channel is called, hanging gate. And then building on that, somebody else asked a question, what does it mean if that hanging gate is in a defined center versus an undefined center? Yeah, great, great, great question. So if it's in a defined center, this means that it's a consistent and reliable energy that's happening all the time. For example, I have a hanging gate, which is the gate six in a defined solar plexus. So this gate six energy, it's a player for me that's always on. It's consistent, reliable energy that's always running through me. It's going to be something that I'm very aware of. Um, usually when I reflect on it, you know, especially with transformational human design, like I reflect on the journey, I reflect on the fears, um, the higher potential, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of really well known to me. When we have a hanging gate in an undefined center, what that means is that you have your own expression. So with my six that's in a defined center, it's my expression. So nobody else with a six is going to influence my six. All right. Whereas if you have an undefined center with an activated gate, so I'm going to give you mine again. So I've got an undefined spleen, spleen but an activated uh, a um, gate 18 is activated for me. What that means is the gate 18 isn't on when I'm in my own aura. Um, I, I won't, won't go into the transit, but it's not on for me. However, when I go into aura with someone who has a defined spleen, then all of a sudden my 18 kicks in. But I'm going to express it the way I express it. I'm not going to be influenced by someone else's 18. Now, someone else who has an undefined centre and no activation in the 18, what that means is they're actually amplifying and reflecting back whoever the other person with the 18's energy is. Love it. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Um, okay, I like this one a lot. This is from Karen, and she said, I keep hearing you say external clues on the podcast, but what does that mean? Could you elaborate on that and share a practical example, please? Yes, absolutely. I love this question because it is referring to one of my transformational human design principles. Um, it's actually something that I've been working with for years. And what I mean by that is the external clues are simply put what is being reflected back at you out there. Okay. So external of you, what is actually showing up in your life? What are the patterns? Um, what are the people? What are the places? What are the, the synchronicities, the signs, the clues? Like when you pay attention to your external clues, meaning the reality that you're living in, it's telling you a story the whole time. And the story it's telling you is what's actually going on inside of you. Now, many of us don't want to believe that, but the truth is that we only see the world as we are, not as it is. So if we pay attention to the external clues, let's say we keep attracting the same human into our life and we're like, well, I've done all the work or I'm doing all the things or, you know, why do I keep attracting that person? Because you haven't healed whatever's going on inside of you. And oftentimes we think it's something we have to change. It might even just be you just have to say no to that person. But it's like you have to pay attention to these clues. Now, often... The other side of the external clues is you're doing the work, um, things are starting to change, but your, let's say your unconscious mind or this part of you that's like, oh my God, nothing's changing. But let's say you want to grow a business and all of a sudden you meet all these entrepreneurs or you just have emails popping into your um, email inbox or you see on Instagram all of a sudden these successful entrepreneurs. Now, you might not feel like you're a successful entrepreneur yet, but your external clues, your external reality is starting to show you 
all of these these successful entrepreneurs. So what it's telling you is that the energy is changing, that even though your brain hasn't seen enough evidence to think that it's changing, it is changing. So our external clues, I also think, is a very, very, very powerful self-coaching tool because when we pay attention to the external clues, because the, the other part of the principle is because they don't lie, if there's something in your life that you don't like, it's in you. If it's something in your life that you do like, it's in you. So it's really about paying attention because you can become conscious of the 95% of your behavior that you are probably unconscious to. Love it. Good answer. Good answer. Clear enough. Clear enough. Awesome. <laughs> that one was hard for me in the beginning too. <laughs> Um, okay. This is from Ellie and she says, as a mental projector, I still have trouble with the, with differentiation between the mental authority and the mental brain. How do I differentiate that? Oh, I love this question because we just had the panel, um, in HDX. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, HDX is our membership community. It is an absolute freaking game changer, best human design community on the planet. If you're curious, stay tuned because we're going to have a big event on the 2nd of November um, where you can learn so much more and have a little bit of a peeky at our next iteration. It's going to be amazing. So in the panel, and the panel is where we get actual real life, in this case, mental projectors, and we ask them a bunch of questions to really define and refine what it means to have mental projector um, or have that authority, the soundboarding authority. And one of the things that was really brilliant that I just loved is their, their distinction between their thinking and their knowing. So with a mental projector, their thinking, so for you, and, and I use the word logical, but I don't mean logical, just logical because we have sensing circuit, um, sorry, sensing circuitry as well as logical circuitry. So some people with that sort of definition are going to be very logical and others are going to be more about you know, um, having an experience and there's kind of sensing the direction that, that that's going to improve things. Some people are going to be very individual focused. So what I mean is that a mental projector is really good at creating a mental thinking path, okay, a path, a strategy, a, a runway, whatever that is. And that information, that's what they give to the world, to their clients, to their friends, to their family. They get an invitation. That's what they give to the world. Now, with being a mental projector and using your soundboarding authority, one thing that all of these mental projectors said was as they speak it out, so this is the thing about being a, a mental projector is that your authority is all about speaking it out to a sounding board. So that means that you need to speak it out, not looking for permission, not even looking for advice. You know, one of the girls said, I just want your ears. I thought that was really powerful. I just want your ears today. Um and as they speak it out, all of them said like, and then all of a sudden you just know, all of a sudden you know. As you're speaking it out, all of a sudden you know what is correct for you. Um, and it was fascinating just watching each and every one of them go, yep, that's it. So the fundamental difference according to our um, panel, panel of real-life mental projectors, not just the knowledge, is that this thinking that feels like a pathway, a runway, a strategy, whatever it is, that's for the outer, that's your outer authority. And then as you speak things out, that knowing as you hear it, that that's what's correct for you, that's the knowing piece and, and the decision for you. That's your inner authority. I love that. 
I like the, uh, just to respond to something, please. I like the, I just want your ears is it's a beautiful example to me of like teaching, reteaching people how to treat you just by that really simple statement. A hundred percent. And I think that's anyone like, whether you're a reflector, self-directed, um, ego, like an ego authority, whether projector or manifester, self-directed projector, um, mental projector, a reflector. I think that is really powerful, you know, like teaching people, I just want your ears. I don't want your advice. I just want your ears. Yeah, I think that that's beautiful. Um, okay. Next one is from JP. They said the sacral and the spleen are so similar to me. How do we explain the difference between gut feeling and intuition? Okay. This is a really great. Okay. Well, let's just break it down to the mechanics of human design. So with the sacral and human design, we talk about it's a, it's a, uh-huh, uh-huh, a yes, a no. I have energy for this. I don't have energy for that. It's, it's a motor. It's the most powerful motor in the body. However, all it's indicating is yes or no. I have energy. I don't have energy. With the spleen, the spleen is a really different energy. Now, the sacral can tend to be quite a big, obvious energy, okay? You will, in most cases, feel it in your body. Most generators and manifesting generators, yes, often early in our journey, we don't think we can feel it. But actually, once we are shown, it's like, oh, yeah, obvious. It's there all the time. Oh, my God, yeah, I listen to that all the time. Or I don't listen to that all the time. Whereas with the spleen, what I hear over and over and over again is like, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. It's also an awareness center. So what that means is that where the cycle is, uh huh, uh huh, this is, a, is, is a, there's a lot more depth to the spleen. And the, the spleen, I always remember, like when I was learning about the centers in the beginning, one of the things that, that um, I learned is like, it's non, it's almost nonsensical. It can be very nonsensical. Like, you aren't going to get like a clear yes and no, like you get from the sacral. You're going to get some weird thing happen and go, wow, that's crazy how that happened. So if you have a sacral and a spleen, then the spleen's going to, going to basically drive all the intuition into that sacral so your sacral can make the final decision. Now, everything that when it comes to subtle energy, so technically the, the sacral is subtle energy, but everything with all of our intuition, so all of our clairs and all of the clairs like clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience, clair... Sentience. Thank you. And clair olfactory. Cognizance. Cognizance. Did I say, I'm not sure. Um, thank all you. All of them. All the yeah, clairs. All the clairs. I want you to think of them this way because this is the thing that actually like really got me deeply understanding the clairs. They're our inner senses. That's all. They're just our inner senses. Our outer senses are touch taste, feel, see, they're our outer senses, right? So our clairs are just our inner senses. Now, we're taught to trust our outer senses, not our inner senses. So what happens is that we don't listen to them, which means that they become more and more subtle. However, if you've ever sent, sat with a clairvoyant, claircognizant, um, you know, someone who's so connected, they feel the inner senses as strongly as they feel the outer senses, and I'd say some of them even more so. So if you, you know, are looking, if you want to improve your intuition, then you have to start listening to your inner senses and the subtle energy. When you listen and respond to life and you allow yourself to be guided or make decisions from that subtle energy or whatever it is that's in alignment with your strategy and authority, 
then you're going to notice that that gets louder and louder and louder. But it's really this shift that the whole planet is going through. We're at this time where we're shifting from our outer senses being dominant to a place where our inner senses are going to be equal. And then I believe like they will become more dominant. Mm-hmm. I love that. And also I have, I'm a sacral authority, but I have a defined spleen. And for me, it's like this, it's, it's so much different than the sacral now that I know how to work with both of them. It's like this little whisper. That's like one of the most obvious examples that I love to use for this is like when I went to take a drink out of uh, my friend's drink one time, I just heard this little tiny voice that was just like, don't drink that. And the next day she woke up with COVID. And it's, it's those little like just whispers or however it comes through for you. But, but I just wanted to respond to that. I love I that so much. And that and that's it. You know, it's just this, the spleen is a one-time thing. It's subtle. It can be, you know, when I was, um, that the story I keep telling that I just think it's so powerful. Like um, you can be lying on the beach and all of a sudden you get up and you don't know why you got up, but the next second there's a rogue wave and you have enough time to pick up your towel before you get soaked. You know, it's these things that, if you pay attention to them and you listen to them, then they're going to get louder. Love it. Okay. So this question was asked twice um, about resistance. So I'm going to read them both to you. Um, Suzanne asked, when we are meeting resistance of any kind, how much of that is in our design and how much of that is in our mind? And then Karen asked a similar question about resistance. She said, I hear from so many spiritual friends and coaches that when you hit resistance, it's the universe testing you, but with human design, isn't everything supposed to flow if you're living in alignment? Okay, so this is a really great question. I think this is where so many people are confused. Resistance is primarily when you're operating from the mind, not the body, all right? Um, it's also going to show up when you're out of alignment, okay? And let me, I want to kind of take a step back because we kind of assume like that resistance is this thing that is all about, um, you know, like if we're in alignment with our design, then we're not going to feel any resistance. But we're going to feel resistance every single time we want to do something we've never done before because that's the way the human brain works. Whether you like it or not or however spiritual you are, spiritual you are Whenever you go to do something new, you're going to hit resistance because that's what you call being out of your comfort zone. And as soon as we get out of our comfort zone, our brains flip out, okay? They don't like it. So when we, let's say we live um, our experiment, like I know for me personally, I used to have so much resistance to everything. Oh, my goodness. I lived a life of resistance. And really so much of that is really about you wanting to control your external reality because you're lacking internal certainty. Um, we think if we can control everything out there, then we're going to feel better in here, but it's the opposite. When we believe in ourselves, we back ourselves, we've got internal certainty and internal certainty is this, no matter what comes my way, I can handle it. That's internal certainty. I don't need to control my external reality. Um, I'm not even interested in controlling. In fact, you know, through a recent challenge that I've been going through, one of the things I said to a dear friend of mine was, isn't it beautiful to be in this place where you actually have no idea what's going to happen? No idea. And these are like epic things. This isn't just like, you know, will I drink a smoothie or eat a salad today? It's not those. It's like big, epic, life-changing decisions, just fully surrendering, right? So I don't get into that resistance anymore because I know whatever comes my way, I can handle it. I know that I'm focused on my future self. I know that the universe has got my best interest at at heart. Um, I know that anything that comes next is going to be 
better than, than what I've got, right? So I don't actually experience a lot of resistance. Now, when I do, all that is, is my mind getting involved. Now, let's overlay that with human design, okay? In fact, I'm going to give you one little story. It just happened yesterday. Um, we're in Mexico. Uh, we've gone to these cenotes. They're freaking stunning. And there's a five-meter platform that you can jump off to jump into the cenote. Um, we get we go up to the T and I go up to the platform. She just leaps off. And then I'm like, shit, I can't, like, I can't do it. Like 100% resistance. And I wasn't afraid. There was no mental chatter. Like all of those things that used to stop me, none of that. I just was afraid that there was no story. It was just pure fear. Now, the resistance was still there in my body. Um, it was also the pressure from everybody else. I have two um, undefined pressure centers as well. So as soon as I feel other people's pressure, that's like so uncomfortable, I can't even think straight. Um, so I went down to the small one, jumped off the small one, came back, jumped off the big one. Um, so I minimized, that's how I got almost got around my resistance. So resistance is always going to show up when we come out about get out of our comfort zone. And the human brain, as soon as it's faced with something, it feels it hasn't done before, it's going to give, give you resistance. Now, what is that? How does that overlay with human design? The longer you do your experiment, and this goes back to what I was just saying about internal certainty versus external control, the longer we're in our human design experiment and we're actually, actually living in alignment with our strategy and authority, because a lot of people think they are, but they're not, and they're not paying attention to the external clues. If the external clues show you that you're in alignment, meaning that you are living the life you want to live, you're doing the work you want to do, you are sharing it with the people you want to share it with, you're fit and healthy and well, then you really are living in alignment and therefore low resistance, okay? When we are in alignment, then we can absolutely 100% live a life that is really minimally fit, like there's hardly any resistance, okay? And I definitely feel that I live a life like that. Does that mean that we can get rid of it completely? No, because we're human. As long as we have an ego, as long as we have the hind brain, as long as we have this part of our brain that's, you know, never changed since we were cave people, no, we can't be fully without. Oh, there's probably a couple of exceptions. People like, you know, Eckhart Tolle says he has no ego anymore. So maybe Eckhart Tolle. Maybe people like, um, you know, David, Dr. David Hawkins, <clears throat> he's dead now, but maybe him, the Dalai Lama. So there's going to potentially be a handful of people on the planet that don't experience any kind of resistance. But most of us are going to. It's just you want to minimize it. And the way you minimize it, simply put, is shifting out of the mind and letting the mind lead and then trusting the body, the soul, the heart, you know, universe. I love it when you rant. Yeah, proper rant. <laughs> that was a good rant. Okay, just a few more. Um, this one is from Lors. They said, I would love to know more about waiting for the invitation. There's so much negativity on Facebook about it. How do you shine your light, share your passion while waiting for an invitation to go into depth? Okay. I really love this question because I have so many important projectors in my life. And, you know, I think there is such a misconception that you guys are meant to sit around on your hands and wait for us to see you. And I don't agree with that. You know, I've got projectors that are really close to me that that have a very fine line of like they, they almost think they are just designed to sit around on their hands and wait for an invitation. And I just don't agree with it. Coming from behavioral coaching and understanding how the brain works and how our unconscious mind basically creates our reality 
whether it's the words we use, our beliefs, our identity, whatever. So, and, and living in a quantum reality as we do, that we cannot manifest anything without action. We can't, okay? We have to have some sort of forward momentum, some sort of energy that's moving towards um, who we want to become, what we want to create. So one of the things I would love to say to projectors is that you actually need to shift that energy that so many are unresourcefully like trying to force their wisdom on someone else, trying to force people to see them, trying to force people to take their wisdom and their knowledge and implement it and integrate it exactly the way they should and then they get offended because people don't listen to them. And instead of sending, spending all your energy on trying to be seen by someone else, you've got to be seen by you. So working on your self-worth is a great place to start. But what you want to be working on for people to really identify your wisdom and then your invitations to come in is whatever it is that you're really passionate about. It's like don't even think about the freaking invitations other than I'm running my experiment, what does an invitation look like, um, and maybe setting an intention each day to notice the invitations as they come in. It's almost like, you know, that um, that saying, and I'm going to butcher it because I don't know. Anyway, it's, you know, like it's as soon as you stop looking for your perfect person that that person turns up, it's the same as an invitation. So the one of the examples I love to use is um, my personal, one of my personal trainers, she has a business and she has a business with her sister. One of them is a self-directed projector. The other one is a mental projector. And these two women are absolute effing weapons. Their business is successful. They've just picked up a huge opportunity to launch a massive global franchise in Byron, which is also very successful. Um, All of these things going on for them. But do they sit around and wait for people to invite them? Oh, my God, no. You know, one of them is probably one of the... They're both probably the best trainers I've ever worked with, but one of them is like she knows the human body and the muscles and the bones and the the joints and everything better than anyone I've ever met. So her passion is learning about the body. That's what she's focused on most of the time. So her, her roster is constantly full, like you can't get in with her. And same with her sister, you know, like the things that she's really passionate about. She's just launched this whole big massive business because she's like, this needs to, this, this is what the people need. So she's passionate about it. She's passionate about, um, you know, creating an, a, like top level, um, you know, expression or version of this franchise and, you know, making sure that all, she's so obsessed about her clients getting results, um, building strength, feeling confident about it, you know, having strong bodies, not injured bodies. Like, so she, that's what these two focus on. They focus on what they're good at. So their invitations literally just fall at their feet all the time. They never worry about those things coming to them. They just focus on what they're really freaking good at and obsessed about, and then it all comes to them. I can vouch for the two of them, too. I've met them both. They are powerhouses. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay, two more. Um, this one's from Adriana. She said, how do you strike a balance between responding as an MG and taking aligned action? Mm, I love this question. You don't. You don't. You don't. If you're a sacral being, then you're in response always. You you take aligned action in response. That's the answer. You always take aligned action in response in a perfect world. We're human. We're going to, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to go, dope, I thought about it and I did it. Oh, dope, I initiated, whatever. 
But really, it's not striking a balance at all. It's always taking inspired action in response to something. And we even just had something. um, Let me give you an example. So a dear friend of mine says to me, oh, I'm starting to talk to PR people. Is it too early? Like when do you know that it's time to hire a PR person? And I said to this friend, I'm like, well, it's never too early and don't freaking interview anybody else. You have to talk to my person because she's amazeballs. And so I go and speak to my PR person and she's like, yep, I'd love to. Um, I speak to the other person. Great. Then my PR person says to me that she's having a conversation with another friend of ours a week ago or a week before this conversation. And she said, you know, if I was ever going to take on another client, it would be this person I've just referred to her. Like that right there is how MGs work. You know, she had an idea, you know, that would be the person she'd work with. My friends reached out to me. So they're just taking this, they're just kind of like going through life and then all of a sudden they're getting these things to respond to. You know, I, t- I share the story with both of them like, what the, What are the odds of that? But that's what sacral types are looking for. They're looking for, I'm going out in the world, I'm just taking one foot in front of the other, there's things coming up, I'm having conversations, I'm seeing things, reading things, eating things, whatever it is, um, and ultimately the threads are being you know, sewn without you even realising. So that was a long answer to basically there isn't a balance. You should always be taking, like, inspired action um, in response. And we get this question a lot, uh, a lot on Instagram, emails, everywhere. And I think one of the things I see with the way the question is phrased a lot is that a lot of people don't, they're waiting to take action because they're waiting for something big to respond to but you're always in response. So if you always. just keep taking action based on whatever you're in response to in the moment, you'll all of a sudden find yourself responding to that big thing you were waiting for. Yes. You know? I think it's, that's, thank you. That is such an important distinction. I think that often generator types that they are waiting for the big thing. It's not the big thing. You're responding like right now, the reason this podcast is working really well is because Taylor's asking me questions and I'm responding, responding to them, you know, and, how did that, like, if we actually, if we actually mapped back how we got to this point, we could almost show you, like, well, I responded to that and then she responded to that and then someone else responded to that and it's just one big, it's constantly happening. So when you're in tune with the the sacral, you, you just, like, it's either moving you towards something or away from something. Just keep taking it. Just keep taking inspired action. Yep. Love it. Okay, final question, and I love this because, I can't wait to hear the answer. Somebody on Instagram asked, what area in your human design chart has changed you the most or influenced you the most? Oh, my goodness. My answer would be there isn't one area. And this is a thing that I teach all the time. I could go through every single part of my chart and tell you how it's changed my life. But on its own, it doesn't get to win, if you like. Because it's how all of those parts have come together to completely transform my life. The fact that, you know, like I talk so much about my my inconsistency, my nonlinear, my emotions, my line three, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But is that the biggest part? No, no, that's just given me permission to shine brighter in 
my incarnation cross or has, is that the most important piece? No, because my core talent is it really taught me to listen to my insights. Holy crap, like my insights, here I am hustling my ass with all my doing, but my insights are my... So it's like for me there is not one part. It's it's what I always say, I always teach, it's how all of it comes together. And what it's given me is this permission to know things like, in fact, we just had this conversation. We were talking about purpose just before we did this. And, you know, I always joke to people like, I know I'm on purpose with every cell of my body. But if you ask me what my purpose is, my response is going to change depending on the day, right? Um, but what I do know, and again, my human design has really helped me with this, is that my purpose can be as simple as using my voice, sharing my insights, and just freaking responding like it's as simple as that so ultimately it's the whole thing it's how the time and the years I've taken not only to run to live my life via my strategy and authority even though my head was screaming don't do it um, and all the years I have dived into each part of my chart and I've looked at my past and I've reviewed you know where I was in alignment where I wasn't I've looked at my shadows I've healed my trauma I've done all of the things and I've used my design to help me to really step into my greatest potential and I feel like it, like I'm only getting started but yeah ultimately it's all of it it's how all the pieces come together that are the most important I had a feeling you'd say something like that <laughs> thank you that was all for today amazing well Thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. I love it. Thank you. It always does feel super fun when it's two of us and we have, you know, something to bounce off. Um, going back to that whole responding piece. Thank you, everyone who answered our shout out on the email list and on Instagram. We have got so many questions. Don't worry if you didn't hear your question today. We will get it covered off at some point. So just stay tuned. Anything else you want to add, beautiful? Uh, no. Just follow us on Instagram to see all the Mexico retreat goodness. Oh, my it's God. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. The place is amazing. The stuff we've got for them, amazing. It's just going to be so cool. Bursting at the seams. I know. I know. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Um, I trust you got what you needed, and I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.